0: The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. Seriously, make it stop. Thankfully, there's one company out there that's giving you a much-needed break. It's Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. That's mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Two Mr. P's in a podcast and it's a chinwag session and I am thrilled to be joined by multi-award winning author behind some of the greatest series, i.e. How to Train Your Dragon and The Wizard of Once, with a brand new book, Which Way to Anywhere, please welcome Mrs. Cressida Cowell. How are you? Very, very well. How are you? Well, I'm not going to lie, the, the the loyal listeners of Two Mr. P's will be thinking to themselves, why is Adam talking now? He doesn't usually <laughs> talk this soon. And unfortunately, uh, I see two, Mr. P, has uh, come down with a really bad migraine. So I have stepped up uh, to the plate and I'm ready to knock this out of the park. Um, Go for it. Exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so how are you doing, Cressida? I mean, you've been mad busy, obviously, on the... campaign trail do we say that on the
0: promotional tour of which way to anywhere how's it all been going oh it's been fabulous I love I've really missed it in the pandemic you know because it is a campaign it's getting I see it as a quest getting kids of today reading for the joy of it is a quest against the best telly the best screen the best ever so the competition is hot and so I see it as a real challenge um uh and and that's that's the way I approach writing the books all the time um uh so going on the, on the campaign kind of going on the, the campaign trail it is, a campaign. it is a campaign it is a campaign I'd vote for you it is, okay. <laughs> Because you're trying to get, and I do it, I do this with the way I write the books, with the way I make it really visual, with the way I um, make the storylines really, really exciting. Um, And I make the, you know, the covers look like sweets, not Brussels sprouts.
1: Yes, I have got a copy here and it is, it is just, it looks like a fantastic book, even if you don't even open it. Yes. You just want this in your house. Exactly. Um, but obviously, you know, do open it and do Yeah, you <laughs> do <open it. laughs> You wouldn't have me on your campaign trail, would you?
0: <laughs> but it's, yeah, it looks like a sweet, because it's saying, hello, children, lollipops, you know, come in. <laughs> so it, I do everything to get these kids reading for the joy of it, because that's the really important thing. But a really, a big part of it is 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 going into schools and doing talks at festivals because a kid is often much smarter than their reading ability this is what i find and 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 they can so easily get disheartened you know film and telly is just beamed magically into your head without you having to decode or make an effort <laughs> yeah and and so so often a kid thinks that a book is a schooly thing or it's not gonna be as exciting or they have to work harder. To... So I have to work that bit harder to kind of get them reading for the joy of it. So going into schools and, and talking excitedly about books and about what, what the subject matter is and you know what's going on, this is about magic and this is about Vikings. It can encourage that kid who's really smart, but who hasn't yet you know, learn that books can be as fun as films and it can, it can get them reading.
1: Yeah. 100%. (laughs) And I think you do that. Absolutely. You know, that's why you are as successful and as well loved as you are. So this is your new book, uh, which way to anywhere. Lots of people obviously have read and loved your previous books, including the how to train your dragon series. I'm sure you, you know, you hear that all the time, but if you can tell our podcast listeners, what can they expect from this new venture?
0: Okay, this, this book for the first time, because um Hashraini Dragon was drag Vikings, um Wizard Once was Bronze Ages. For the first time, this is set right in the here and now. And it's about a kid. Well, it's a family of heroes, really, because I get read a lot by families, and um uh one of the it's two families, two families that have become one, like a blended family. Right. Yeah. And one set of kids, the twins, are from a magical family that's trying to keep their magic secret in a in a modern world. That is, if you watch Stranger Things, you'll see why you don't want anybody to let on. No, you've got <laughs> magical powers, and so the twins are from that family. And their mother, who's married the headmaster, oh, this school element here, headmaster <laughs> and uh, their headmaster, and we think. The headmaster's kids are not are not magic, um, Mabel and Theo. But, uh, spoiler here, maybe they are. Anyway, so the two sets of children are really not getting on. It's a blended family where the two sets of children are arguing the one thing they can agree on is their baby sister, Anipek. Uh, I love Anipek. It's first time I've written a baby. Um, <laughs> and... One of the kids, the twins, has this magical gift. This is such a cool gift. I so wish I could have this gift. The gift of drawing maps that are real. So fantasy maps. So imagine, uh, uh, Mr. P, a piece of paper has yeah. two sides. On one side, you draw your fantasy map. And on the other side, you draw somewhere like your, you know, well, like a house or, um, you know, your garden. And then you draw a cross on both side that shows the crossing points between the worlds. wouldn't that be a cool gift so you could go to your airing cupboard and just that would be where the which way was so thin that you could go with a special implement you could cut through and go so if to, i had know, that power
1: i could draw my house and then on the other side draw like a KFC, a five guys. <laughs> and then I would be able to go into a closet and then
0: just, I would be there. Is that right? Is that what you're you, telling me? If that is your fantasy world, Mr. <laughs> B, that is, what you could, that is what you could do. I think it's an incredibly exciting. It idea. is very, and it's very
1: original. I've never heard that before. Um, and so it must be very exciting to write about. Like you said, you've never written about a baby before. So it must be, Uh, super exciting to kind of open up new doors like that,
0: yes. And the the adventure starts when just a because, of course, that really cool gift. I mean, bad people it saves so much time on space travel because these worlds are on the other side of the universe, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and so much time, you see, I'm in a practical, but so much time and much so bad people are gonna want to get the kid who has the gift, yeah. And when this. Substitute geography teacher. <laughs> there's a lot of teachers in this. World. I know, yeah. Substitute geography teacher <laughs> who happens to be posing as a geography teacher is in fact an alien. Uh, turns up and kit steals Anipek and the 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 alternative atlas, which K two the kid has been has been making. The two sets of children have to join together to rescue that So that's how the adventure starts.
1: Well, I mean, if you're not if you're not sold by that, I don't know. I don't know what else would do it. I mean, if that was on your campaign trail, I'm sure the ballots are full. <laughs> um, but so it did Kate, go
0: down <laughs> well. <laughs> it, did go, it did go. particularly. I started talking about the you know cute little malfunctioning robots and the enchanted <laughs> toothbrush family, and they liked it. They really liked it.
1: And I'm sure there'd be children who will be thinking, uh, reading this and thinking, I. Think some of my teachers are aliens. I mean, surely that's that's going to be opening up. You know, I'm, there'll be a point in time where we hear from a staff member who loved your books, and they say, "Got called an alien again today." <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, well, I think they guessed that Cyril Sidewinder is an alien because he starts marking the books by sort of chewing them. So I think, unless, unless. Oh, is that, is that a sign <laughs> of being an alien? Oh, chewing no. Chewing <laughs> the books in the staff room, then that's the sign, Mr. Right, we'll,
1: we'll keep eyes out for that in the staff room. So K2O Hero is just one of the incredibly named characters. Uh, there's also his sisters. Is it Isabird? Is a bird, It's yeah. a bird. So where do you get the ideas for the names from? I'm always fascinated because I always think, you know, you, 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 you're giving up when I was child writing stories and I'd think, yeah. right, what can I call him? And straight away I'd use my own name because I couldn't think of, you know, you get put on the spot and you're like, oh, I'll just call him Adam or Alan, <laughs> which is really close <laughs> to my name. Or you'd use like family members. Like, how do you come up with such original names?
0: That's, yeah, it's, Actually, started with How to Train Your Dragon because I do masses of research to make the fantasy feel real, and also to give me ideas for stories. And so I do loads of research. I mean, I do go off. You know, it may be that Vikings didn't really have dragons. (laughs) That could be. It is possible. But um, uh, the research gives me ideas, and Vikings really did have extraordinary names. So the uh, Magnus Barelegs. And Ivar the Boneless. And, you know, they're, they're just incredible names. Yeah. So that's when I started calling, you know, the Baggy Bum the Beer Bellies, one of the <laughs> one of the Vikings, one of the elder Vikings. And I started using names that kind of describe the characters. And it was also because I was playing games with language. I was really interested in, that's why I think, that's why I'm on this quest. To get kids reading for the job it not only because you know i work for loads of literacy charities so i know reading for the joy of it, it all the research shows that is what has the key the two key factors and the kids later economic success are one parental involvement in education two reading for the joy of it yeah and so that's really interesting and yeah, you know, i've always found that really interesting and 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 yes, and it cuts across all socioeconomic backgrounds. And that should be such a great stat. But how do you get kids reading the joy of it? And one of the reasons I think reading has such big educational and economic benefits is because, and why it's a medium we can't lose is the words. It's the words. You know, film and telly are not word mediums. So, really? so um, whereas books are. So the more words a kid has, the more, you know, the, the kind of more intelligent, smarter the, the thoughts yeah. that to be able to have, because words are the pathway of thought, as it were. So it all makes sense, yeah. Um, and that's why I play a lot of games with language because actually kids are natural. They love poetry. They love rap. It, it's trying to tell kids it's not not don't be intimidated. It's not any different from those other things that you love, like you know music or you know rap or yeah. poetry or yeah. Well, and, I, I that's mean, why I play games with language and make up
1: the language of Dragonese or there'll be There'll be teachers and school staff up and down the land who will be you know such huge fans because we are seeing that reading is a huge issue and and if you've got those you know parents and and carers who actively read with their children and get yeah. their children reading for pleasure, it does affect their results later on and and things like that so you know it's so refreshing to have someone as successful as you are who is continuing to to make that your mission uh, to get children's read, so a massive, massive, well done uh, with that. And you can tell from your writing that you just absolutely love your work. So, what, what, where do you find your main inspiration? Like, what gets the creative juices flowing with Cressida Cowl? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, it sounds so unlikely, always, but I, I'm. It's it's real life, really. <laughs> I mean, How to Train Your Dragon is very autobiographical. For instance, I mean, I. Which sounds crazy if you if you read it, but (laughs) I I, I, I read. I grew up in London in a house without a garden, but um, because that's where my dad's job was. But he was an environmentalist. He was chairman of the RSPB, you know, which looks after birds and everything. And um, uh, after he retired, he was chairman of Kew Gardens. So what that meant, he was an environmentalist. So his heart was in the wilderness. So what that meant was that every year from when I was a baby, we would be dropped off on this uninhabited island off the west coast of Scotland and picked up again two weeks later by a local boatman. An island so small that when you stood on the top of it, you could see sea all around you. And there was nothing on the island. No houses, no electricity, no Tesco's. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Tesco's. I love how that's, that's that's up there. <laughs> I know, I tell the kids that. They're like, oh my God. And, and and this was the first place the Vikings came to, that part of Scotland. I've never been to Scandinavia. It was all in, inspired by Viking Scotland, which is why, you know, when, when you get to the movies, you know, the Vikings talk in Scottish accents. and Yeah, yeah because it was Viking Scotland. Because that's where the Vikings first came to, and it was the last place they left. So real Vikings lived upon that island. So from when I was nine, my dad had a house built in the island. This is another... <gasps> moment from the kids when i say this we <laughs> spent the whole summer on this island with um no electricity so no television and 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 that was where and 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 vikings you see lots of the stories were from viking times the vikings believed that dragons really existed so i get a lot of inspiration from real life and the father in the story is my father you know it's who i love very much but Wasn't a bit likened and talking to him sometimes. That he was that older generation who don't really talk about their feelings. Oh (laughs) yeah, yeah, yes. (laughs) Is it it
1: like when you text? Is it just a thumbs up emoji (laughs) in reply, (laughs) or just a? I could send my dad. I could send (laughs) my dad. You know, like when I was getting when I was proposing to my wife, and I was saying, "Right, I've I've got the ring. I've bought flowers. I'm lighting all these candles." Um, you know, I'm all ready to go. And I got a reply like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need some inspiration. I need you've got this, son. You know, she loves you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll have a great life together. Okay. Like I, <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> yes. I completely know what you mean. <laughs> so 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 I suppose that's another, so it's re- that's another way of being inspired by real things, is that My description of of the kid who loves his father so much, but isn't a bit like him and is trying to be like him, but is never going to be. My description of that is me and my dad. Yeah, And that's a truth because I've written, I suppose that's an emotional truth, honestly about that. Kids will recognize that and parents who are reading with the kids will recognize that because that's something that parents and kids it's a sort of universal thing so they'll connect with it so I'm writing funny stories and adventure stories but also stories that make you you know make you think and, and move you and you know sometimes you know might make yeah about something important about you know growing up and you know the stories are really always about growing up and the relationship between parents and kids and and in this last one which way to anywhere about families and yeah. how Right, um, so without being preachy, I hope I'm not being. You know, no, not at all. It's it's inspiring. I think, he's, like I said, it's very refreshing. I suppose. I suppose I was just thinking. You just made me think that, and I'm telling it from both ways because I, when I wrote How to Change Dragon, I just had a baby, so I'm telling it from the point of view of the being the parent, and also also the kid growing up. So from both ways. And so I remember a moment, this is so the kid growing up really wants to be like their parent, but they, you know, it, it can be very difficult for the kid because if you love your parent, you think you ought to be like them. But then there's almost a, there's also a moment when I don't know whether you've ever had this. I don't know, you know if do you have kids. Yeah,
1: I've got two, i yeah. I've got a six year old girl and a three year old boy.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a moment. I remember when my daughter Clemmie said, I said, what are your favorite subjects at school? And she said, sport and maths. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was this moment, suddenly Clemmy seemed very far away. <laughs> 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 i am you, my favourite subjects at school were not sport and maths. You know. <laughs> You throw me a ball and I drop it instantly. Maths was just, you know, an alien world. So we, <laughs> you know, I never said it because you're not supposed to say that. But anyway, but that's the thing. That's why I think sometimes parents, we want our kids to be like us. And we don't, it's not because we, you know, we, you know, we want them to be little clones of us. I think it's because we want we to be close to them yeah and suddenly when clemie says something like that, she seems very far away it's like yeah. you, it's like looking through the other end of the telescope you know it's like fiddler on the roof when suddenly you look <laughs> at your kid from very very far away and um and and so i think it can be difficult for the parent, and then you have to shake yourself and say you know no okay now i have to find out a lot about maths
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: and about netball really.
1: i've got to learn how to catch <laughs> <laughs> i got to learn how to
0: catch <laughs> yeah you've got to learn from your, from your kid you've got to not say you know so so always when I'm writing I'm doing that thing of 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 writing about parent-child relationships at the same time as writing exciting funny adventure stories yeah well it's funny I mean
1: my daughter we do a video every year when she starts a new school year and we get her to say hi my name's Isla I'm starting year one and when I grow up I want to be And every year it changes. I remember the first year we did it and talking about like, you know, you want, you want your children to be the same as you. I completely get that. And I'm sure there'll be parents listening to this who completely understand where you're coming from. And uh, I remember my little girl said, my name's Isla. I'm starting nursery. And when I grow up, I want to be a giraffe. (laughs) And I thought if she'd have said hippo, we were very alike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good luck, Isla. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um I, I don't I, I think she, and then the best bit we, we went to Menorca uh, in the summer holidays on a on a on a on a family holiday and then when we started when she started she just started in year two and she said when I uh my name's Isla I'm starting year two and when I grow up I want to be an entertainer in Menorca and I was just <laughs> like That's absolutely fine. As long as you can get us like mates rates for, you know. (laughs) Um, So the feedback for the new book has been, I'm sure you've been so, so chuffed with all the hard work you've put in. And obviously I'm sure everybody knows, but it's hundred percent worth saying that you illustrate uh, the majority of your own books. Don't you? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, this is, it must be such, I wouldn't say a relief because of, of your track record, but it must be such a huge, buzz when when the book's finally out there and and how do you feel about the feedback and the feedback from children how does that make you feel that
0: is that is wonderful and you're right it is it is nerve-wracking because it, it you know both how strange dragon and wizards of once really went down well you know with both the kids and the parents and the yeah. families and 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 so it is a real oh it, it is a relief because <laughs> you kind of think i mean you have to write You have to write what you think is funny and what you think is, you know, moving. You have to. My husband always tells me off for laughing so loudly at my own jokes, (laughs) but you you sort of have to laugh. You have to make yourself laugh. You have to sometimes make yourself cry when you're doing it Uh, because always, how can you make somebody else laugh or or cry or or think whatever? But it's still with a new world, with new characters, it's still nerve wracking because you're thinking, are they are they going to love it as much as the last one are they gonna love it and 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 that's why you're writing and you're you're wanting to get those kids saying oh you're waiting for book through two and you know and so it's just a bit nerve-wracking when when the first one goes out yeah are they gonna um so it's a it's a big relief when they when they when they when they love it and they have they have been loving it and they'd be yeah, well they, they,
1: they certainly are loving it I mean I can speak on behalf of my school uh, and and your book is everywhere honestly every classroom I go into it's on the children's desk and it, and I, I always it's funny obviously when we when I realized you were going to be coming on our podcast I was walking past a, a girl in year six and I said oh you're enjoying that book and she turned to me and she was like it's brilliant and I was just like oh great I'll oh you, you know I'll bank you. that yeah so thank you so that kid a huge huge congratulations uh on everything
0: and they wouldn't you see this is the thing with kids they wouldn't they wouldn't lie. They wouldn't be polite. Oh, <laughs> Just well, be, they I mean, we. It like yeah, it is.
1: this is why this podcast is uh, as successful as it's been over the past four years, because we focus on the fact that it's out the mouth of babes and children will tell you exactly how it is. <laughs> yeah. And is. I'll tell you a little example. Um, I wore a brand new shirt for work last week. Right. And I was and it was my birthday as well. And I was feeling. Fresh, I had my hair done, I <laughs> had my hair done. I thought, you know, I was I was looking, good. I was feeling good, I was strutting my stuff. I walked yes. the class of six year olds, and one little girl said, uh, Mr. P, do you have a baby in your belly? <laughs> <laughs> and I just went, No, and then just walked, walked off. And I thought, I can't believe oh, no. that's just happened. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. I could have easily walked past and gone, well, how's that? Like, but uh, I've only read one page, but it's, <laughs> in, you know, it's, it's clearly a book. Um, you know, as soon as you start, like the old Pringles, as soon as you pop, you cannot stop. So, huge, huge congratulations uh, on everything! So, what what's next? What's next for Cressida Cow? Because I did want to ask you, because I'm always fascinated. We've had we've had quite a few authors um, on as guests on our podcast uh, throughout the last few years, and and they always say that. Their kind of ultimate goal is to is to have their book made into a film, and obviously okay. that came that came true for you in, in 2010. Am I right in thinking How to Train Your Dragon came out the film? That was the first one. Yeah, the book the book your book was 2003. Yeah. Oh, you see, I've done my research. I'm not that you that. <laughs> very impressed. <laughs> Very impressed. So what was what was that feeling like when when obviously you heard that DreamWorks Animation were interested and in, and and that kind of the ball got rolling on that? Was it was it your dream? Was it a dream come true? Was it was it just something you thought, oh well, this is this is amazing? Or you know, was it because I could just can't imagine? I would look, you know, I, I'm a massive <laughs> fan, I have to say I'm a huge movie movie buff, and and How to Train Your Dragon movies are are fantastic. I mean, thank totally- you. Of um, animated films, I mean, they are top draw. They're top tier. Yeah, um, they really. So how, are. how did it? How did all of that feel when it was all kind of going off?
0: The thing is, I I didn't set out to to do them. I I love film. I love films and telly as well. Even though I'm writing books, um, I love films and telly. It's just that I think that that books are a medium. Films and telly aren't under threat. You know, kids are still, still watching films, and um, wh- whereas books are. And I think it's yeah. a medium we can't lose because um, uh, So th- that's why I'm a book writer. So I didn't write them to be made into movies, but I, I, I went to art school. I, I studied English at uni, but then I went to art school. So I am really very balanced as a, as a writer of stories, but also an illustrator. So it was probably, even though I didn't write them, I worked them. I wrote them really. Everything about it was designed to get kids reading. That yeah. was what it was all about, and so it was all about you know kind of scratching it through with illustrations, so that the kid who is maybe dyslexic or has a reading difficulty has a payoff, you know, and and so that you know because often kids with a reading difficulty are really smart and you know. Um, uh, so this was all my thinking and I put in the Dragonese to make them laugh, you know, the made up language which they can talk to. Um, but all of it was just done to, to get kids reading books. Yeah. So I wasn't really thinking about movies at
1: all. So. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think if you'd um, have gone in, with, if you'd gone in with that plan. You probably wouldn't yeah. have had the magic. You maybe had, wasn't yes, it?
0: you know. Maybe that's a really good point. I, I, if I, you know, deliberately and and books shouldn't become like screenplays. That's the thing. Yeah. You don't want books to become because they are a different thing. And once we come to, came to make the movie, we immediately discovered that the dragonese, which really makes children laugh, they love it. They want to learn the language. They it, but that doesn't work in in movies because you know it would be like Jar Jar Binks or whatever, which is never a good look, <laughs> yeah. you know. And and or you'd have to have subtitles, and little teeny kids can't read. Of so, course, yeah. Exactly. So it just didn't work. So, but it was really interesting because even though I hadn't written it, imagining it at all, it'd be, I immediately got masses of film and telly interest, you know. And I can't pretend. Um, I can't pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's smart. The only thing I was smart about was turning down stuff. And at the beginning, I remember there was one TV company who shall remain la- nameless <laughs> yeah, yeah, saying we had this really serious meeting and, you know, kind of very, you know, everybody got it. And they said, it's all about the boy with the father who's a really big meeting room and everything. And then suddenly they said, we were thinking of filming inland. And I said, I had slight warning bells, and I said, Well, you know, he is a Viking, you know. And they said, Oh, well, no, it's far expect too expensive to film at sea. You can't possibly film at sea. Sorry. <laughs> so then I started getting really worried, and I said, Okay, so what about the dragons? And they said, Oh, for dragons, we were thinking of dogs with prosthetic attachments.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness me. Oh, no. It's got Channel
0: 5 written all over exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and so at that point, I thought, Okay, this isn't going to work. Yeah. So, um, because, you know, dragons have to be wonder and they have to be amazing.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Um,
0: So then when DreamWorks came along, I thought, well, they can really do it and they've got the artistry and because you've got to have that sense of wonder dragons represent wildness and the amazing wonder of the natural world. And, you know, I thought they can do it. I never thought they actually would do it. Yeah. Because loads of books get optioned, but nothing happens with them. So, it just kind of, and it was in 2003. So they just started, you know, getting more and more serious about it. And in about 2008, I started thinking,
1: hang on a second. Yeah.
0: I think they really are <laughs> going to make this. Yeah.
1: yeah, they've got Gerard Butler
0: on board. What's going on? I know, exactly, <laughs> Gerard Butler. Oh, but it wasn't just, oh, it really was. I mean, I'm so lucky. It was Gerard Butler and then, you know, the the, the director is, is somebody called Dean de Blois He directed all three Dragon movies and he directed, you know, Lilo and Stitch, which is an incredibly creative and yeah. original animated movie um, for the time. And uh, Bonnie Arnold was the producer who produced it, you know, the first Toy Story. I mean, how lucky was I? I mean, you've got the you've got the all
1: stars there, haven't you? You've you you they're the big guns coming to play with how to train your dragon, and thoroughly deserved. And the film, obviously, well, all three films went down so well, and hopefully, and I'm sure you you would have felt this, you know, and you have such a a, a passion for you know everything you do is to get children to read read for pleasure how important it is and I think everyone can agree with that hopefully you know the millions upon millions of children who have watched the movies will discover that they actually came from an amazing book series and then go yes, back
0: they do to that's read the thing. that's yeah. the thing they do they do and and they you know I get so many kids and it, That's what's lovely 20 years down the line. And that just makes all the hard work. That's why you do it, is when the kids, and you will get this as a teacher, as you go through your career, you will eventually, you will get kids who say, you know what, that made the difference. I actually, I got a year three, this was so nice. I got a year three teacher in one of my school's events recently. And I can't remember, whether he he might've been a Mr. P. I don't know. Anyway, he was a big guy, you know, rugby second row kind of. Well,
1: that does sound like a Mr.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Pete. He was a big guy. And I looked up at him and he said, You, he said, you were the person. He was now a year three teacher. And he said, You were who got me, that your books got me into reading when I was in year three. And I was just looking at him when I was in primary school. And it's one of those moments when you just, think oh that is means such a lot and you guys will get this as teachers as well because I can remember I can remember every book that an adult read to me yeah um I I I can remember and every teacher who read to me you know I had a I had a wonderful teacher in year three called Miss Mellows which sounds like I met, you know, it sounds like Roldan, Miss Honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Miss Mellows came in and I had terrible spelling. My handwriting was terrible. And that, so I didn't have very much confidence because um, I thought it was all about the handwriting and the spelling. And Did you
1: have a you, pen licence or did you not achieve a pen licence back in the day? I
0: mean, I don't think they had pen licences, back, but, <laughs> but I would not have got, I was messy, cressy. I was known as. Was, <laughs> oh, really? I was, yes, I was, I was really disorganised, often in trouble. And Miss Mellows came in and she gave me this special book. I mean, she read to us, firstly, and I can still remember her reading us uh, books aloud. And... She read, uh, she gave me a special book where I could write whatever I wanted and the teacher couldn't mark it in that one book just for 15 minutes and the handwriting didn't matter. And, and in that book, I look back, i still got it somewhere. I started drawing like the, the little sprites and the magical things that later turned into Wizards of once. or I started drawing dragons. Or, and that was where I learned to enjoy dragon. you know, enjoy arts yeah. That's absolutely amazing. And are you still in touch with Miss Mellows? Is she still? I've never, I've never, if Miss Mellows is out there, if she's listening to this podcast, please get in touch, Miss Mellows, because you changed a little girl's life. And if, you know, and she probably changed lots of people's life. She was that imaginative, that teacher, that one teacher. What you do can not only change, well, it changed my life. And then it changed, you know, then I wrote these books that were then, (laughs) <laughs> to movies that are joy yeah. for so many children and then there are jobs in that and what can happen with just a kid writing for the the joy of it and you wouldn't if you read that Mr P you would not think that this kid you know if I that book was, yeah wasn't like the, there was no wow words or, you know, I was actually often copying just writers I liked or, and it was re- still really scribbly. you wouldn't There was no evidence of a future <laughs> children's laureate making that book. Yeah, just opening the book see, and just going, this
1: person's going to make it big.
0: But no, you wouldn't, it. no, you would never. But what was happening was something that you couldn't see. What yeah. was happening was that I was learning to write for the joy of it and that's just and there's that's there's so there's important value.
1: yeah
0: the value in that and so I think what you guys do what teachers do is just and and children won't necessarily tell you at the time because they don't you know they don't always tell tell you there's a there's a lovely quote from a, an author I love called Garrison Keeler who says nothing you do for children is ever wasted they may seem not to notice you hovering, averting their eyes, but nothing you do for children is ever wasted.
1: I absolutely love that. That's brilliant. That's a lovely quote. But, it, well, I mean, if Miss Mellows or anyone who's listening to this knows of Miss Mellows, what school was it? Can you say what school it was,
0: Yeah, it was called St. Paul's. It was called, no, it wasn't. It was called Butte House. Sorry, I was thinking of my second, secondary. No, it's called Butte House School. So London.
1: Miss Mellows at Butte House, you have, you have, you you are the reason for a, you know, multiple award-winning <laughs> series of books. I'll tell you honestly, if, if Miss Mellows ever hears this, it will, I'm sure, just be such a, a, you know, an amazing thing to hear. I mean, I love nothing more, you know, when children who I've worked with, come back um, and that, you know, they're adults. And I saw one, I saw a, a child recently, I was trying to say a child, a man now, um, mm-hmm. who I'd who taken to football competitions because I do a lot of the school sport. And uh, he came to me and he just said, um, that tournament you took me to, that Man United tournament you took me to in year six, he was like, I still think about that regularly. And oh. he's like, he was like 20. And I was just like, you know, so do I. So do I, because you know like you said everything and, and and teachers and school staff are truly amazing because you know we always say this sometimes in for the general public teachers and school staff can sometimes get a bad rep and you know they only work from 9 till 3 and they, they do this and they do oh, and all of it, yeah, have all the holidays that. i know it's, it's stuff it's stuff that drives people up the wall um, but when you get, you know, every teacher and school staff, they are in the job. They're certainly not in it for the pay. I can tell you that for free. I mean, um, it's tougher than ever. It's it's I... purely for the joy of working with children and to try and make that impact, make memories, um, you know, inspire and 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 basically unlock that potential. And it may not be, like you said, it may not be, you know, you might not be uh, the best handwriter or the best speller, like you mm-hmm. said yourself, And but if you could just guide them towards something that they might show a passion for. You know, it could be art. It could be singing. It could be dancing. It could be anything. Um, and, And yeah, it's so lovely to hear you say, uh, how, what a special part of uh, you know your journey uh, Miss Mellows was so Miss Mellows I mean that's a mission for this chimwag. <laughs> if, if we can locate Miss Mellows uh, it would be absolutely brilliant but we are uh, an educational podcast where ironically you know you never learn anything especially from me <laughs> but we'd like to know a bit more about you so what what would you so if you've touched upon you know you weren't the best speller you, you um, didn't have the neatest handwriting and to be fair that I think that's, a, that's the majority. I think spelling's tough. You know, when you look yeah. at look at take the word knee, me. I mean, why is there a K there? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Why is there a K there? Um, yeah, I had, a, I had a friend actually who used to, um, he was a Cockney, we call him Cockney John. And uh, he was the first teacher I ever worked with as a teaching assistant. And um, he used to do spelling tests, but to try and help the children, he'd go, the word is knee. I hurt my knee on the playground. <laughs> the word is knee. <laughs> to sound out for them. So, what were you like? How was your
0: school journey? Well, I was in trouble a lot at school. That surprises me. Does it? That does surprise me.
1: Yeah, I, I have to admit. I, I just, I mean, unless there were, you know, there were some some silly doodles on the table or something like that. I, I just couldn't imagine.
0: I know. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because uh, not with every... Well, no, actually, it was pretty... (laughs) I was in (laughs) trouble all the time. It's interesting because I was really keen on learning. I was really interested in pretty much everything, even the subjects where I wasn't very good, like maths. I I was a really... I'm just interested in stuff. You know, so I'm interested. I was interested in everything. You know, chemistry, biology, history, everything. I was interested, so I, I, I minded what they were saying. I was interested in what people were saying, and I loved a good teacher or teacher. I was easily fired up, but I couldn't do, you know, it, this is I couldn't do the stuff, the organisational stuff. Yeah, I, I yeah. couldn't do any of that, but to a catastrophic effect I mean I had no idea have no idea what was going on I, I never had the right shoes I didn't know where the pens were I didn't I didn't know how anybody it was like being what it felt like to me at the time was it like was like being in a foreign country where I didn't understand any of the everybody yeah. else seemed to know what they would do. it's really interesting looking back and I think probably now I realize now, probably there was some, I had some sort of little issue, don't you think? I think possibly it was so bad <laughs> that you know I was very very you know I would leave you know I'd have one shoe on. I mean it was really bad, and it must have been very annoying for teachers at the time <laughs> because you've got you know so many kids, you've got yeah. a whole class of kids. And it's just annoying if there's one kid who always never has their book and never has their, doesn't know. And and I think maybe the teachers thought it was oppositional. Right. I I know because I was in there that it wasn't. Uh, um, But I think that's often why, and I wasn't actually dyslexic. My sister was dyslexic, very heavily dyslexic, and her children are. So actually quite a lot of them. The Heroes in my books, I then make dyslexic because I know how disheartening that is. Yeah. Um, but this is why I think I, I make a lot of the kid heroes in the books. So I don't mean to, I don't set out, i say I am now going to make <laughs> you just put a lot of yourself into it. Yeah. A lot of the time the kids in the books are in trouble for whatever reason. So Czar and Wizards of Once, he is oppositional, he's different. From me so he's the kind of kid who you know deliberately wants to get into trouble and that can cause its own issues um but then there are other kids like me in the books who just accidentally get into trouble yeah well i mean i had a very similar uh, school
1: journey to be honest i was uh i struggled at primary school a lot i was i could not concentrate to save my life in every school report it was like has the ability but constantly messing around whether yeah. it be swinging on his chair, talking, whatever it may be. Uh, obviously, sport was always something that, you know, I was very passionate about. And, uh, and music strangely. I remember one school report, I, I got slated in every single thing. But then in music, it just said, Adam can clap his own name. And I, uh, <laughs> oh, well was, done. Focus on the positives, <laughs> Mum and Dad. Focus on the positives. Uh, and then I was diagnosed with... Um, uh add in in when i was about ah oh, yeah um and that
0: you now know, you see i've never when, when were you how old were you when you would, were diagnosed i was about ADD?
1: 14 15 um because i really it was one of those things like i'd the teacher would be talking and i was you know listen i was i was a uh, you know a bit of a jokey lad and you know liked messing around and stuff but there was times where I'd go in and I always wanted to please I I always wanted to make my mom and dad proud that was like the main thing for me I had two older brothers who were both very academically capable arguably more than myself so I was always like trying to to get there and no matter how hard I would go into a lesson I'd sit away from all my friends and I'd go right I am going to get what they are talking about and I'm going to smash (laughs) this And as the teacher was talking, my mind would be going, I wonder what you're having for tea tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. And then and then the teacher would go, Adam, what's the answer? And I'd go, um, chicken turkey twizzlers and potato smileys. <laughs> and, and
0: he'd think you were taking that. Yeah, exactly.
1: And it, and it just, but once I was able to obviously, once that was diagnosed, and my mum. Felt terribly guilty about it, you know. She yeah. went back over all my school reports, and it was constantly can't con- yeah. concentrate. And she was like, "Oh," wait and I, I was like, "Mom, it's not your fault. It's a different world now." And that's one positive is, is you know, there's a lot more help support,
0: yeah, um,
1: for things yeah. like that. And if anything's noticed, you kind of there's, there's roots into finding out the, you know, the background, but. Um, I'm sure it will make everyone feel quite comforted that, you know, with what you've been able to achieve with not you necessarily, because a lot of authors will be, you know, they they, they will be the, the, they say the really high achieving, sensible pupils who, you know, have Mm -hmm. gone on and done all that. So I think it's absolutely amazing that you're saying that, you know, sometimes you come in, did you ever wear odd shoes?
0: Oh yeah no I was I, I was you know I was kind of constantly doing kind of ridiculous things I mean that, that that was the messy cressy messy, messy messy, messy. Messy. when did I that knew. nickname when did that nickname kind of I and did know. it stick yeah well it st- I think it was in that was in primary school I think that was just some of the yeah some of the teachers in So Harvard. you
1: wouldn't get you I'm pretty sure you wouldn't get trusted with the you know the PVA glue the glitter I was, I was. They weren't. They weren't giving it. glitter to you, messy, <laughs> Cressy, Surely, I'm barely now.
0: Trust it. Honestly, <laughs> I, if I, if I, yeah, I'm very. Well, actually, I am very. Yeah, no, I'm very. I'm still very clumsy. Very, I'm very messy now. And, and that, yeah, you should see if I wrap a parcel or a present. Honestly, it looks like it's been wrapped like a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs>
1: very, I, j- <laughs> we are very similar. I mean, you are obviously. A, 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 a much better rides than me I'm gonna throw that out there but when it's in terms of like how you're describing yourself it's very similar because it's
0: very. Yeah. I cannot
1: rap I cannot rap to save my life and when it comes to a birthday present for my wife or something she'll say oh did you get the kids to rap it
0: <laughs> that's exactly the same <laughs> and 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 even with and and my eyesight isn't very good as well a lot of my kids have the kids in the books and again I don't I don't, um, because I, I do have, you know, I have um, uh, early onset cataract and various things I had, you know, which again, people didn't really know at the time. yeah um, And and so I often give the kids, you know, in the books um, uh, kind of, and, and I don't mean to, but, you know, Wish has an eye patch and, and I don't, it just comes out and uh, K2 has, you know, this thing where he has one, dark side of his glasses and everything to correct a lazy eye and and as a result my visual memory is terrible i'm an illustrator you know my kids laughed once a while you know because we were drawing playing a game we drew a pair and i drew the stalk of the pair on the wrong end of the of the pack (laughs) because i've got no memory but but the thing visual memory but the thing is i suppose what i try and say to i tell that to kids because often you think you know those kind of things really put you off when you're younger, but actually you can work through them. And and, and I have to do everything. I can't do. Look, I have to look everything up in the inter- internet if I'm illustrating it, you know, because I can't memorize stuff. And so you can get over things. Yeah. And and although I, you know, I found things very difficult in primary school, and and even through secondary school, I I never got in anything on time, constantly on trouble. You know, I, I still learned, I still, I went to university, I read English. I, you know, I did make it in the end, um, but it just was difficult, you know, yeah. but I'm sure now kids get so much more support.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, well, another massive well done. I mean, it's, it wouldn't have been the easiest and I'm sure it would have been easy to just kind of, you know, not push yourself if you felt like, you know, things weren't going your way or you were constantly making mistakes. You could have just been like, right, well, you know, I'll just leave it or got a bit lazy and or, you know, caught up in your ways. But I think it's amazing that you, and hopefully, you know, children through your books and, and through obviously you doing the, you know, the, the, the campaigns, uh, will, you know, will go for it themselves. And, and yeah, hopefully there is a lot more support there for, for children and families and, and, um, but yeah, I think it's just it's just so inspiring to, to listen to. You. And I think it's just so amazing, you know, how much you've done and, you know, describing how, you know, it wasn't that simple at school. I think a lot of people will take a lot out of that. Um,
0: so I, think I was lucky because I, d- I read a lot. I mean, I think maybe that's why I'm probably the w- reason that I was able was that I read were Brooks were a real. Because if you read a lot, you can get over all of that. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be I'm like I'm saying this to the teachers rather than you can get away with not having done all the homework, which I didn't intend to not do homework, which I really didn't. It was just that I just got all the deadlines long and I hadn't written it down or I hadn't heard it or. But if you read a lot, you can actually, you know, I compensated through that's probably why I. I might so much about it, <laughs> is that they were a lifeline for me and I ended up studying English, you know, um, and doing really well in English and, and some in a few subjects. And that was all you needed really in the end, you know? Um, yeah. So do you have any,
1: um, I mean, we always love uh, funny stories on our, uh, on our podcast. Do you have, do you have kind of like a favorite funny story from your school days or anything that you can think of or, uh, something that may have happened to someone at your school that you you know you've
0: always remember that kind of uh story oh well I, can, I suppose I can remember more stories about you know, because I meet so many kids now I can just I remember oh a, a talk I gave you know because I was always talking about the island and um uh I was, I'm always talking about the island and going back to the 1970s when we used to be there. And and there was one kid, my lovely Becky, my publicist, said she was sitting behind this kind of year year five kid who turned to the other one and said, "Yeah, um, the 1970s. I've heard that that was the Dark Ages." <laughs> 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 about Vikings and the kid thought yes that's right the 1970s that was the dark ages the dark ages
1: that was, yeah that absolutely was and, uh, yeah oh, that's so that's,
0: that's, that's it's
1: true when they say kids say the funniest things because like we touched upon before i mean uh i mean I, i'll tell you this one i'm sure you'll appreciate this one there was a there was a a, a year four teacher doing a re lesson it's like a religion lesson and they asked uh, the teacher, asked the children, right? Who can tell me what a Hindu is? So this one child put the hand up, really excitable, really ready to tell the answer, and they said, "Yes." And the child went, "Is it when your mum goes out and gets really drunk with her friends?" And the- <laughs> "No, that's a Hindu." <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, that is. I've honestly told that story so many times because it, it makes me laugh every single time. Um. Uh, Say it, but it has been so so wonderful to talk to you. Um, And one thing we always ask our guests on our chinwags is, if you could go back and meet your ten-year-old self, what would you say to the ten-year-old version of Cressida
0: Cow? Oh well, I think I would say, oh, I would tell the ten-year-old Cressida Cow would never um, believe. That this would happen, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, because because you know, right? Those book writers, you know, authors were my heroes. Mm. So I would tell that ten-year-old self, you know, this is what is going to happen, and 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 actually, yeah, there were t- there were a couple of things that, were, yeah, because because even when I was little, I loved books, and I I I wanted to get even my I I, I wanted to get. Everybody like in my family interested in books as well. And and so I would read the books that I loved to my little brothers and sisters and cousins and things like that, just to get them, um, you know, uh, and they would start laughing, and then they would say, One more chapter, one more chapter. Oh, that's brilliant. And I know, and I would tell that 10-year-old self, you know what, you're still going to be doing that's what I'm still doing. That's what I'm still doing right now, and th- that's what I'm still doing, because actually. I've said, you know, although it was tricky for me as a kid, I was very lucky. I was lucky because I had I went to the library every week. And, you know, that's everybody did in the 1970s. And I had parents who could afford books and my school had a library. And what I tell my 10 year old self is that in the future that I will be doing. That's what I'm trying to do. That's why I'm going out as Laureate and saying every kid deserves to have every kid is just as smart as every other kid, wherever they're from. So every kid should have that same chance. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm trying to not only write stories and do what I always wanted to do when I was a kid, (laughs) you know, and I never dreamed that they'd be made into movies or anything. Um, But also I'm wanting to get everybody reading yeah. And everybody to have that same chance, because I think every kid deserves that chance. One hundred. And I tell my 10 year old self that that's what I'd still be doing.
1: Well, that's a that's a fantastic answer. And I think what's amazing is when you said about when, you, you know, your 10 year old self, authors were your heroes. The fact that now you will be many 10 year old oh. childhood heroes, uh, uh, hero. Uh, I think it's absolutely amazing. And a quick one when you're talking about libraries, then. Yeah, Um, We had a story about a girl who went to sign up for the library and uh, they handed in the the form and the librarian said, name of the father, and the child went, and the son, and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) 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 Um, Cressida Cowell, you have been absolutely fantastic. And thank you so much on a a personal note, uh, because like I said, I'm always doing this with... Uh, my brother and you know obviously wish you could have been here because you have been fantastic but thank you so much for allowing me uh, to you know host and interview you one-on-one and I've loved every minute of it so thank you so much well thank you for having me on for asking lovely questions oh thank you so much and don't forget which way to anywhere the brand new book from the international best-selling author Cressida Cowell is out everywhere now and it is going down a storm I'm sure the children at your schools will all absolutely love it thank you so much